Jenna, it's Deber, is that right? Deber, yes. Yeah. It's in your bio and everything, but even looking at you spelling it out, <laughs> I was like, what if it's like Estee Lauder? Oh, I wish it were Estee Lauder. That'd be way cooler. No, it's just obnoxious. <laughs> Weird. I, I think it's cool that the bio is pronounced Deber, pronounced she, her. it's pretty good it's got some flow yeah yeah i am a writer i don't know you know (laughs) every soul contains a whisper of light this is episode 210 of insert credit a relentless smorgasbord of video game topics with a panel of experts force-fed the entire buffet under the auspices of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite horror movie that I've ever watched between the hours of 2 and 5 a.m. was the 1997 film Cube. Uh, Cube's pretty good. <laughs> I'm Frank Cifaldi. I'm having microphone issues this week. Hi, everybody. Uh, my favorite horror film that I've watched between 2 and 5 a.m. Uh, doesn't exist because I don't think that I've watched movies in that time frame. I've played some video games in that time frame, but uh, I don't watch a lot of horror movies and uh, I don't really watch stuff past 2 a.m. So, What's the spookiest game you've played in that time? Uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, I believe, got really spooky around 5 a.m. That's good. Yeah. The first time I played it, let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield. Spookiest horror film I've watched between the hours of 2 and 5. I have to say this is an incredibly difficult question because um, I've watched a lot of horror movies between the hours of 2 and 5. Brandon has the opposite problem. I have the opposite problem. I have the the too many. I think I'm going to go with the movie that surprised me with being good because that's always a fun one where, because, you know, I, I watch all kinds of trash. I'll just turn it on and, and I'll, I'll keep watching it. But uh, every once in a while, one of those movies is good or has something interesting or surprising to it. And so I think uh, I've mentioned it on the show as a recommendation during the Halloween week. Dead and Buried is probably mm. probably the one. I like that one in that weird coastal coastal town scenario. But probably the first was Evil Dead 2 when I was a youngster watching that on VHS tape, rented possibly from Blockbuster or whatever place was up the street. Um, I watched that late at night, um, I think while my, my mom was away or something. Spooks the heck out of me, even though I don't. We don't have basements in California, but I was worried about the basement that we didn't have. I watched my movie with my aunt when we were both suffering from insomnia. It was a pretty chill time. Our guest this week is journalist and video producer for Polygon and inveterate Animorphs fan, Jenna Steber. <laughs> Hi. But that was a great introduction. Thank you for uh, acknowledging my Animorphs fandom. I think my favorite horror movie that I've seen two to five, I think I'm the baby bear in the situation because I have neither too few nor too many. I knew exactly when you asked it what the answer was going to be, and it was going to be Cat People, the the remake Uh, with Malcolm McDowell. The remake. Which is definitely a a movie, well, I I would encourage people to watch between 2 and 5 (laughs) a.m. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take you up on that. that, The uh, horror hours. That sounds like an enjoyable time. I have a question about Animorphs. Yeah. Um, because uh, I, I collect VHS tapes that I acquire at the Goodwill or whatever yeah. kind of um, thrift store. And uh, at one point, I got an Animorphs tape that was like a couple of episodes or something. And uh, it promised never before seen cut footage. 
And I'm just really curious, have you ever seen any cut footage of Animorphs TV? Like what, what is that going to be? I haven't watched it yet because I'm, I'm so, I have such anticipation about this. <laughs> I, I have only seen the footage that is readily available, uh, which maybe expresses a boundary of my fandom. For Animorphs. I, I think most people who are into Animorphs as someone who grew up during that era were book people rather than the short-lived show people. Right. Yeah, I don't think the TV show was an intro to the series yeah. for a lot of people. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong, though. Maybe maybe it was really pulling in all the Sean Ashmore fans to the mm. fandom. Yeah, I read like the first 10 or so, and then I skipped to the end. Well, I'm going to have to uh, watch it and report back. I'll let Please you know. Please do. Yeah, let us know all the bloopers, the Animorphs <laughs> bloopers yeah. that are on there. <laughs> yeah. They, they morphed into the wrong animal type. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Our first question comes from last week's winner, Kathor Jensen. Kathor asks, let's talk about storage and organization in video games. Stuff like Resident Evil inventory management. Are the panelists neat and tidy or just throwing stuff in there? What games do you wish let you keep your stuff organized? Is there a difference between your real world organization and your digital murder world organization? That's so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. It's all related. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was actually just talking about this with my coworkers because we've we've all been playing Unpacked. I don't know if any of you guys are playing that. Oh yeah. Not playing it, but paying attention to it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Me too. Yeah. So it's a game where you're unpacking boxes and putting them in places. And so it has that kind of kind of organizational inventory system. But I, I found it really very stressful. Because uh, I am very, very tidy in my real life. And if there's too much mess, it just stresses me out. So having to have a game where I have to do that, it's just, I can't deal with it. <laughs> I can't. It's like work. Yeah. I get that. I'm not a very organized person over here. There's there's like, I can count five different types of thing on my desk in my view right now that, that shouldn't be here. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's... That's where I'm coming from. But in terms of in inventory management, I mean, Resident Evil 4, I actually, I really did enjoy it in that game. And then there's a Solo to Robo for the Nintendo DS where it's not exactly inventory, but you have these, whatever the, they call the powers that you get, you have to slot them all into a certain box and they configure in different ways and they kind of fit together like puzzle pieces. And it's, it's actually mm -hmm. pretty satisfying and enjoyable to snap these things together because we're not just talking about like here's a here's some tetris blocks it's it's like here's here's an x and then here's like the the squares that go around an x and then you could put those two things together and make a square oh that's cool yeah so you got to kind of finagle them all and figure out what it's also an interesting way that they use to gate powers because you know these two powers can't work together because they don't snap into this box because they they overlap. I like that one. And uh, I tend to be pretty, I guess I think I'm tidier with my inventory management when it's visually represented in that mm. way than I am in my real life. But that if, if you give me a big list, then it's just like, I don't know, whatever's in there is in there. I don't care. <laughs> what comes to mind for me is the Fallout games, and you could probably apply mm. this to yeah. similar games like, like Skyrim or whatever, which I haven't gotten to. When I started playing um, Fallout 3, maybe even New Vegas, you know, I, I was very meticulous about my inventory management. I, in my, you know, the, the house or whatever that you get, I would say like, this chest is for guns. This one is for ammo. Uh, oh, nice. uh, yeah. armor. I think I did that too. I did that for a while. And then the more I played, the more I realized that 
I am not going to use 99% of yeah. the item types in this game. And so I no longer like hoarded them. I no longer organized them. I just kind of kept things on me that I needed and had like a box that I threw things into that I felt might be quest items later and, and mm. just sold everything else. And uh, I actually do think that that mirrors how I handle my own uh, inventory. I don't <laughs> yeah. like to keep stuff anymore. Yeah, so. when I played those Elder Scrolls games, I was first kind of overwhelmed by the fact that you could pick up absolutely everything. So I had to mm -hmm. devise this kind of formula where like I'd only pick something up if it was worth 20 times what its weight was and then a ah. hundred times what it weight what its weight was. And because uh, every item in Skyrim, at least, tells you how much it roughly sells for and how much it weighs so i kind of had to do that math every time i saw something and I like that <laughs> yeah it's it's a good idea but i've i man i i was the worst with the fallout games i'm now remembering that like, you, know, I, I had, <laughs> you were the I had worst that, yes yeah i had that chest <laughs> and stuff that i never took anything out of but i would like over encumber myself and oh be yeah incredibly mm -hmm. slow just so i could get all this junk that i was never going to use back to my place so i could put it in this box that i was never going to look at except to put stuff in man it's not entirely dissimilar from how my life is i mean i'm <laughs> <laughs> you are over encumbered with video games i am i just i just moved and i looked to my left and i got uh boxes stacked like five six high moving will really make you take stock of the things that you have and and it, it gets you into like a do i need any of this kind of a zone well i i did that uh two years ago without moving and now i am moving and it rules <laughs> yeah it's so easy i had the same ex experience with fallout except that much like in real life uh, I would always keep alcohol with me because alcohol made you stronger and you could right. just drink and then uh, your strength would go up and you wouldn't be uncumbered anymore and you could fast travel back to your house. I didn't realize that. Oh, yeah. That was always my strategy. I was a fool. That, but I, but I, wouldn't, I wasn't hoarding things. I would always sell things in Fallout. So I'd buy travel more bullets drunk. mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah that, that is a strategy I ended up evolving to uh, both in the game and in real life. Yeah, there that's my parents' strategy for flying. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. Uh, what is the most incorrect prediction about the future of video games that you've ever heard? And what is the most incorrect prediction about the future of video games that you've ever made? I have mine immediately. Yeah. Ooh. You want me to go first? Okay. Go yes, for it. Yeah. Uh, the most incorrect one I've ever heard that I uh, uh, very much disagreed with at the time was that the Wii would be a failure. Okay. It just seemed very clear to me that like, yeah, this is going to work. The, I, I saw the Wii Sports thing happening. Uh, pretty quickly. I, I will give myself a lot of credit for that. The wrongest that I've ever been is that I thought the PS4 and the Xbox One, I, I thought neither would succeed. I thought at, th at that yeah, you time... You thought they were the last consoles, basically. I thought they yeah, were the I last remember that. consoles. Huh. I really did. I was like, no, this is like people are just on their phones and their computers and stuff. And, <laughs> yeah, and I believe did. you said that on this show. I probably did. Yeah, and I will own up to that. I was very wrong, and I still don't get it. So <laughs> you should have been right. <laughs> uh, I actually I feel like I'm ahead of the curve for this question because I made a video for Polygon uh, that is on our YouTube channel about looking back at predictions from um, I think it was 2009. Yeah, you might be surprised to learn that's probably not a coincidence. Alex Jeffy is pretty good host. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, well, I'm ahead of the curve because I've rewatched that video recently <laughs> as I was scrambling through some of my old videos. Uh, and I think the I'm trying to remember what the most funny wrongest one was. And it might have been the um, Peter Molyneux uh, came out with this with this really weird like VR product. Do you guys remember what I'm talking about? I can't remember. Are you talking about the, the cube or not? No, not the cube. Although, God, the cube. Are we talking about Project Milo? I'm talking about Project Milo. Yeah. Uh, Fucking Milo. Our old friend, Project Milo. <laughs> we love that one. A very frequent subject on this podcast. Yeah, somehow. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, if you don't know, I mean, if you listen to the show, you guys probably know, but it, it was this like interactive AI boy that oh, you were I supposed it. to you be dead <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh and the the footage of it which you can find online is just deranged um yes. and peter molyneux was so excited but he was also so wrong which is pretty part <laughs> of the course well and and i think it might have been matthew kumar on the show that made the prediction about that game that like oh he's gonna get cancer or something yeah. and then we yeah. found out later <laughs> that yeah he gets he becomes blind as the game progresses. yeah he got really close <laughs> so, oh so my God. Give, give kumar some credit there for mm -hmm. his uh fairly accurate prediction of what milo would have been i was gonna go with a uh, a molly new one as well because he oh, he no. keeps predicting that he's gonna make me cry and he hasn't done it yet oh Not yet. No, but, uh, Steel yeah. Ducks Brandon has never cried at a video game. That's right. I've cried at plenty of stuff. Just, uh, I don't know, video games don't seem to have... I Wait, no, that's not true. I cried while writing the ending of uh, Indivisible, but I think that might have been because I was sleep deprived. <laughs> and I was very emotional about actually finishing this thing. But I was also, I don't know, I was, I was into it. Um, made some other people cry. But what's the most the most incorrect prediction that I've made? That's an excellent question, and I I know there's got to be some out there. I, I'm sure I've said some things like like you know they're gonna stop making these Smash Bros games eventually. <laughs> <laughs> like Never wishful thinking for on my part. Um, the, this Kingdom Hearts clearly won't succeed because it's even more impenetrable and uh impossible to understand in the last and <laughs> no they love that they love that. that's a selling point yeah. you don't want to understand <laughs> on the back of the box it says even more impenetrable than the last <laughs> no there's there's just a little bug on the cover that says no penetration <laughs> that's horrifying i don't like yeah that. kingdom hearts zero penetration is going to be the title that's, of the next game uh, it's, it's getting into sexual territory with kingdom hearts and i do not appreciate oh they said zero <laughs> penetration it's that's on you dude i just don't even want to think about the it. fact that you have to call that out is a, is there <laughs> there's implications because uh, i mean a lot of games that don't have penetration don't boast about not having penetration that's <laughs> true we should we should uh we got to get ash on here and ask her about uh the 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 what do you call it the the fan um what, what is that word fan fan fiction fiction i can't remember wow. the word I, my, like have you ever had one of those moments where your brain just goes dark? Uh, yeah, it's called getting old. Oh, I thought it was called a brain fart. Yeah, uh, I don't like that term, though. But anyway, I, I yeah. just went blank. Yeah, fanfics. Um, there's got to be some... Th there's something very specific with that that we're going to have to get with her. We're going to have to figure out how much penetration there really is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate it. I don't know. I'm sure I've been wrong about some stuff. I bet that uh, fans of the show will let me know what I've been wrong. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Our next topic, speaking of Animorphs, which video game would be best adapted into a 50-book-long series of young adult novels? 
God, what a good question. And I think the answer might be Stardew Valley. Oh, there you go. Strong right out the gate. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes there's a right answer. That might not be the most right answer, but it is a right answer. Yeah. Pretty mystery at the bottom of the uh, sleepy town with all these colorful characters who you'll get to know throughout each of the books. Yeah, and as the books progress, they swap like relationships and you uh-huh. follow different characters as they become friends and then enemies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How many Halo books are there? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I think like in the 40s. I should know this. Yeah, wow. I'm, I'm looking at, at the old Wikipedia here and um, they're, they're close. I see 30 Halo books. It's a heck ton. More than halfway there. But you, you asked about young adults. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Halo is for old adults. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was certainly an old adult when I was reading Halo books. Yeah. <laughs> big time, big boys. Doesn't Neverwinter Nights have a bunch of stuff going on? Oh, wait. World of Warcraft. Ooh. Or wait. No, 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 no. It's got to be League of Legends at this point, right? Because there's so many characters. There's like you can write a novel per hero and fans would love it. They would eat it up. Like they, there's people that love the lore. I feel like that property is like tailor made for it because there's mm-hmm. such an emphasis on character and lore and young adults certainly enjoy to play it. The uh, fans being into the lore thing just makes me think Mortal Kombat, actually. Mm. That's certainly very young adult. Because yeah, there's edgy blood in it. And I guess, Jaffe, help me out here. What's the DC thing? The DC um, Mortal Kombat. Uh, Mortal uh, Kombat versus DC Universe. Injustice, Gods Among Us. Yeah, like that. that's like a million books of lore, isn't it? It literally <laughs> is. There's that's like, cheating, uh, um, I, I don't know, not literally a million, but there's a ton of <laughs> comics based in the Injustice Universe, sure. Yeah, it seems like it just keeps yeah. going. All those Tom Taylor books. Well, I'm not, uh, Brandon, you said I'm cheating. My answer isn't Injustice. My answer oh, okay. is Mortal Kombat Mortal because Kombat. it's the <laughs> same <laughs> thing as Injustice. Yeah, yeah. Um, here's here's a good answer. Uh, Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I checked and there are also exactly 30 Warcraft books. Is that just like the ceiling? Oh. Huh. There's a law. Yeah. <laughs> There's got to be some kind of uh, like secret war out there between the uh, World of Warcraft and, and Halo fandom. And they're, they're all waiting for, to see who's got the most books. If that's what I know saying. there are a bunch of Gears of War books by Karen Travis, who turned out to be like Ed Secret Republican, which <laughs> shouldn't be surprising, actually, considering the Gears of War content. Yeah. yeah. I not. Uncharted, you could probably do a bunch of stuff. There's a lot of places that aren't charted. Well, that's not really true, but you can imagine some. <laughs> They're all travel guides, by the <laughs> like Lonely yeah. Planet, but it's Uncharted. <laughs> that would be an incredible crossover. Yeah, you can pick up the latest Uncharted at the hotel when you check in. <laughs> I would just love to go to Barnes & Noble and go to the travel section and have to be like, God, but there's so many different travel guides. How do I know which one is? Do I want Frommers? Do I want, oh, Nathan Drake. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Nolan North does the audiobook. Sure. There's only six Tomb Raider books, it looks like. Oh, that's surprising. Oh, yeah. I bet there's a lot of comic books, right? Yeah, there's a fair amount of comic, but I bet you get a lot of uh, young adult mileage out of like young Lara Croft. Like, yeah. Her becoming yeah. an adventurer, becoming mm-hmm, a woman. Mm-hmm. That could yeah, be cool. Yeah, her, her relationship with her weird, estranged dad. Yeah. Thing. You oh, you could, mil- you could milk a ton out of that. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> yeah. L- listen, you wrote Indivisible. You could write the young Lara Croft story. Yeah, I'm going to cry at the end. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, experience has taught us anything. All right. 
Which dormant video game series with three or more entries ended on the highest note? Ooh. Ooh. Oh, God. First of all, it's hard to qualify. So we're, we're going to say dormant as of right now, as far yeah, as we know. Exactly. Oh. It's got to be dead either definitively because the company folded or something, or the last one was like five years ago. Yeah, okay. I mean, I regret to inform I have another correct answer. Uh oh. Oh no, you're racking up the points here. This is great. Maybe I'll hold on to it and then I'll be the, the conversation ender. No, no, no. So, no, no, it, no, no, no. Fill in fill in the space. Fill in the space. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Uh traditional actual 2D Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Mania 2 is not happening. Mm, so right. I consider that a you know, I don't consider all Sonic games, you know what I mean? Like this is its own thing. Yeah, like Mario so, like, Party isn't a Mario game. Right, so like Sonic 1 through 4 and then Mania. And and Mania was the high point. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good that's one. That's a good one. Well, has it been five years? I don't know. But we know that it's done. Right. We know that we know they're not making a Mania. Yeah. I think it's been four years. 2017 is jumping out at me. Uh, I'm not sure. but yeah. uh, 2017, yes. But I'll count it. Nice. Okay, I like that. I'll offer Silent- my answer. Okay. Oh, yeah, do it, do it, you were about to say it, though, because it's Silent Hill is the correct answer. I was going to say Silent Hill, but it's I'm gotta not It's got to be. Stupid. But then I was changing my mind because, well, what was the last one? I mean, do we consider PT to be the last entry in a uh, Silent Hill franchise? Yeah, that's a that's a question, right? It's a good question, and I think the answer is probably yes. Yeah, I yeah. At yes. this point, I like, I think PT might be the only demo that we can con- uh, uh, for an unreleased game that we can consider a full game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Is that true? Why is it considered a full game? We don't need to consider it a full game. Because it's kind of considered its own holistic experience and it's occupied that entry slot within the cultural. And uh, it probably isn't actually a, you know, probably wasn't a a slice of the full game. Right, exactly. It's its its own full experience. And like theoretically, there could have been more because if you watch that like game breaking thing that this dude was doing where he was delving into the series, there was some more stuff outside, but not very much out there so like it really feels like it was just a dedicated here is this here's this experience and it it's going to indicate something about where the game might go but yeah it's not like you could continue kojima it. did go on the record and say that pt was sort of broken off from everything that they had planned like it was a different area like it was nothing in pt was supposed to appear in the final game and it was just sort of like a, a proof of concept for the whole mm-hmm. the whole thing so it i do consider it like its own standalone experience i think that's appropriate yeah i think that's a good answer is it better than silent hill 2 um well i think we're talking if we're talking about ending on a high point yeah that's true it's a different question it's it's a different question it's not it's not is the last one the best it's right like, did no, it end it's, on a good yeah, it, yeah exactly yeah. did it nail the dismount <laughs> i could make arguments about sonic mania versus sonic 3 and knuckles um i wouldn't necessarily put sonic mania above sonic 3 necessarily <laughs> but sonic mania is like a great celebration of that yeah, entire yeah. line of sonic games yeah good one so, to go out on yeah a great rooftop concert. Good dad. <laughs> exactly. Can't believe they're not doing a second one. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> why? Why aren't they? What happened? Yeah, it's pretty weird. I've got theories. Oh, I have theories. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't share them. It's not like this is a podcast or anything. I mean, it, it's it's along the lines of there are. Uh, personalities in charge of franchises that didn't work on the game is uh, my theory. Oh, they're they're mad that it did well. 
Uh, yeah, you ever worked with a Japanese video game publisher? Uh, mm. Show of hands, me and Brandon. Yes. Yeah, so Brandon, what do you think of this theory? I think it's a good theory. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to say too much. It was supposed it. to be like, oh, you think you know what you're doing? You make the game yourself. And they did, and everyone loved it. And they're like, oh, well, <laughs> nevertheless. Yeah. That is kind of my theory, except that they probably sabotaged the franchise uh, to save their own face in their own weird way, is my guess. Ah, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, that seems to be the case. But uh, at least we have Sonic Mania. At least we got one miracle thing out of it. <laughs> End of the topic on a high note. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Panzer Dragoon used to be an answer, but then they decided to do that remake, and so it's no longer true. No. <laughs> remake count as a new game? Oh, I guess it's not a new game, so like... Yeah, we could, we could count it right at the buzzer here. Panzer Dragoon's there. Viral Twitter account, Can You Pet the Dog, provided many games with an opportunity for easy publicity by including a simple dog petting mechanic in their game. Yes. W what Twitter account chronicling a particular video game feature would you start to influence that feature appearing in more games going forward? Oh, this is a great question. Man, this is a good question. Ooh. I was expecting that to lead to you having the answer. <laughs> I know. I just, it's a good question because it makes me want to sit and think real hard about it quietly, which is not ideal for a podcast. <laughs> but I do know, so the Tristan Cooper who runs the Can You Pet the Dog also has a second Twitter account. I don't remember what it's exactly called, but the premise is, is there a cave behind the waterfall? Mm -hmm. And that's oh, nice. one of my favorite tropes. And anytime I see a waterfall in a game, I do walk over and see if there's a little hidey hole. And if there isn't, I'm furious. You gotta. It's right? gotta be there. Right? What's yeah. the point of a waterfall if there's not a fun secret cave behind it? Totally. Totally. I'm on board with you 100% regarding <laughs> that. I've not played any of the, you know, the Souls games or, or Bloodborne or whatever. Um, and it's it's not like I'm intentionally doing that. I just haven't gotten to it. But I... I saw something this morning that made me interested for the first time. It was a little clip of uh, Elden Ring. And it was mm. that while riding on a horse, your horse can double jump. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And that is like, I, I think I need to play this game now. <laughs> I, I, I can't explain that, but it's like, oh my God, that horse just, you, I just double jumped as a horse over some flame. Like that rules. I, Brandon hates double jumps. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're great. I love double jumps. But it's not that I think any other game will qualify, but it's kind of like, can you pet the dog in that games will follow, right? right. Like, if there's a million tweets that are just like, no, you can't double jump on your mount, <laughs> you know, in this game. So I, I, I want I want to start one so that we can start uh, double jumping uh, on mounts. Yeah in the future that's a really good one you're making me think about all horse-based ones and i feel like mm. can't can you customize the horse Ooh. Might, oh might that's good, good. Yeah. yeah oh and then just every tweet is like a grid of four photos of four beautiful horses yeah right yeah, yeah. like on the same screen oh, that, that, <laughs> that'd get you a few thousand followers right off the bat oh, okay yeah. i've got two just things i like one is can you run on rooftops Good. Ooh, that's a good and one. I love doing that. And you get a bunch of good gifs out of that. And then another one is, can you watch the sunset? And you have to mm. be able to stand still, watch a nice sunset and have nothing bad happen to you for a little while. <laughs> yeah. A every video is like a 12 minute clip of you standing there and seeing yeah, if anything I love it. happens. I love it. Very good. Um, <laughs> can you make your character look ridiculous if you twist the analog stick around really fast. Oh yeah, nice. Doing a pirouette in that, whichever Pokemon that was, I think it was Pokemon Let's Go. 
Yeah. And I guess they did it forever after that. Or like we rate pirouettes and uh, it's like a, oh, this one's a seven out of 10. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. <laughs> we should do that. No. Oh. It's a waste of our time. We're, okay. it's a, this is our thought experimentary where we get to come up with good ideas and then not do them. Here's my, fi- my final answer because it's going gonna, it's gonna to ensure that a lot of people um, make this happen for me. The, the question is, can you play it on the Dreamcast? And it's going to revitalize the Dreamcast, the uh, software yeah. industry, able to yeah, play all these games. For those who came in late, Brandon has been on this crusade since we started the show again <laughs> of like launching games on dead consoles. Get the Dreamcast back. It's yeah. going somewhere. It's Eventually, going somewhere. this hey. plot line will pay off, but I'm not sure where it's going. There's now the uh, Sega Genesis uh, development kit that is allowing people to make Genesis games very easily. I'm not saying that it's me that did it because it isn't, but it's not, you know, what, what it might not be a total coincidence. No, it is a total coincidence, but what if it weren't? <laughs> That'd be fun for me. It is getting easier to make new games for old consoles, specifically Sega consoles, because for some reason people seem to be going nuts. Actually, now that I think of it, it's not that odd. It's because Sega has allowed hacks and whatever on its own consoles and dreamcast basically became a quote, open platform um after it went away and so it's probably because sega won't persecute people for doing it and nintendo sometimes <laughs> will apparently mm. some of the hacks sega will allow are its own directors nice mm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice. we'll be right back after a quick break <laughs> Brandon, there's something I got to ask you. What is it? How are you feeling about this uh, right-wing attempted let's go Brandon meme? Does it make you feel uh, bad? It does. I mean, it, I don't see it that much because I have quality filters on. <laughs> it's not my favorite, but it only shows up like once a week at this point because it's always from idiot randos, obviously. Yeah, I'm basically asking you that here on this recording to uh, make sure that nobody does that to you anymore. Nobody listening to this show would do it. Good. Probably. Maybe there's some hate listeners. Our listeners have dumb ideas sometimes. <laughs> if you saw some of the questions I get in the dirt bag, you'd, uh... <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to dive into the dirt bag. Uh, this is the part of every episode where I select one of the questions submitted to patreon.com slash insert credit by our listeners through a link you can find on every episode that uh, Esper posts to the feed. Uh, you get access to that form with a nominal subscription where you can also get our regular episodes one day early. One day early? One day early. <laughs> and even access to uh, exclusive bonus episodes every month and some other exclusive content, like the uh, DJ set that uh, Brandon and Esper did the other week for a charity stream. Uh, that's yeah. all up there. Some cool uh, footage circa 2003 Japan under some great tunes. Good chill time. Anyway, this week's question comes from MVB, who asks, what are good games made from reused assets? Ooh, that's a good one. That is I a good like one. I like that. Ooh. Yeah, I got one right away. I don't remember the name of it, though. It is the mobile <laughs> Rayman runner. The one that the Mario uh, Android game ripped off. Yeah. Um, oh. the, the one where Rayman auto runs to the right. That's all assets. It's Origins, right? From Origins, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I actually think the mobile game's a better game. I played the heck out of it. So, <laughs> yeah, I remember you really liked that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, 
uh, a game that I've mentioned many times on this show about five years ago, Princess Pajama. Is, Princess uh, Pajama? Princess Pajama is a um, free-to-play, no longer existing mobile game that was made entirely out of the assets of the scrapped DS game that that company was going to make, and they wound up having to switch it over to free-to-play mobile thing, and it became a different game. But uh, I liked it, so that's one. How about uh, how about Deadly Premonition? Uh, what about it? Is that a game made from assets from a scrapped game? I mean, can, since it was canceled all those times? Yeah, I mean, is it a different game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that counts. Oh, I this, mean, ca- this kind of a ship of Theseus situation. <laughs> the reason I can say that, I would say that Princess Pajama is one is because it was like announced and screens were showed on uh, the DS and it was like, it's going to be this thing. And then they grabbed it and it became a fully different kind of game. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, there there were trailers or a trailer for Rainy Woods, but it was clearly the same game. So, yeah. yeah OK, fine. Uh, here's here's the joke answer, which is Pokemon, right? Hey. What oh, come on. Joke idiot kids were saying. Oh, it's boo. <laughs> it's boo. It's boo. I, I really like Batman Arkham Origins, which mm. is the game they made out of a bunch of stuff from Arkham City. Um, uh, WB Montreal did that. People were really upset about the fact that they reused all the stuff from the old game. But why not? It's but, the same yeah. city. Yeah. Yeah. Still Batman. Yeah. There's a lot of Neo Geo games. King of Fighters Dream Match 99 is like so many reused assets and characters in that. Capcom versus SNK Match of the Millennium on the Neo Geo Pocket Color. Most of the SNK characters are reused sprites from the other fighting games that they were in. They they did a lot of reusing in ways that people complained about a lot at the time. But I mean, like, get over it is my answer to that. Reusing stuff is great. You should do yeah. it all the time. Absolutely. I think my answer would be Majora's Mask. Ah, the classic. Yeah, which it, like explicitly only got made because they were like, we need to reuse Ocarina of Time stuff to make a new game. What can we make? And that was Majora's Mask. Yeah. So I think either that one or do y'all remember I Want to Be the Guy? Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I Want to Be yeah. the Guy. Yeah, I mean, that's all remake. Originator too. of the Mesocore genre. Yes, yeah. That was Massacore. I also thought it was Massacore. It's Massacore. Yeah, Massacore. Come on. Massacore. I actually think it's Mass Effect. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, M- Massacore is when you, uh, that's Minecraft because you're hardcore building blocks. And things. <laughs> yeah, I get it. All right. <laughs> yeah, Masoncore. Masoncore. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, actual answer. Um, there is a free demo game built off of Thimbleweed Park that I think is just called Dolores. Um, that's mm. a completely different adventure game, but is using all of the assets, including the world from Thimbleweed Park. And I thought that was cool. Actual answer. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and and our... then my other actual answer, I don't have a specific one, but uh, name your favorite Super Mario World hack. Yeah, all of them. Exactly. I will. Go ahead, Brandon. Name your favorite Super Mario yeah, World name hack. Name it. Name it. What's your favorite? I'm going I'm to name it Mario's Big Spaghetti Time. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm naming it. Get to it, uh, insert credit community. Make that yeah. real. <laughs> make Mario's Big Spaghetti Time, please. I want to play it. Yeah. But don't make new assets. No. It'll be the first Mario game Brandon plays. Yes. <laughs> the Goomba will be the meatballs. Good idea. See, See? it's coming together already. It's Thank already God. happening. It writes itself. All right. Uh, here is our next question. What's some of the juiciest drama you've seen on a video game message board or online community? Oh. Juicy drama. We're, we're going to toss out toxicity in general, I guess. Yeah, not that. 
Yeah, not that because that's boring and stupid. Nobody likes. Let's uh, let's just assume that going forward, unless it's specifically the topic of the question. Right, right. Of course, it's just it's hard not to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I wish I could remember there there was this amazingly inane, detail oriented conversation that people were having, and they were getting really uh, all up in each other's grill about it. It's 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 too far in the past. I can't remember. There, I feel like all the good forum drama is in the early 2000s and, and yeah. does not exist. Anymore. It's just been drowned out by just shared social media, the fact that everyone's in the same place. I mean, I think there's probably like dumpster trucks full of juice that came from uh, people dating each other on these forums. Yeah. Oh, wait, here's a good social media one. I love this one. Um, there's a person whose name I don't remember who uh, worked on Doom and is always tweeting things about how this or that happened. and is always getting replied to or quote tweeted by John Romero, who has <laughs> a photographic memory, who is like, this is wrong. This is what actually happened. <laughs> and it's just like, every time, inevitably, this person who worked on Doom is like, this is what we did at this time. And uh, John Romero is like, no, because of this and this and this, you were wrong. <laughs> just a consistent parade of owning. Yes, it's hilarious. I don't know which one of them is more tired of it. <laughs> but they have to keep doing it, apparently. Right. Yeah, whoever whoever gives up first loses. Yes. Well, that's the one I got. Anybody got anything? I really don't. I'm like struggling to remember any fun, juicy goss. I I feel like gossip for me is like the juice of an orange. You suck it dry and you throw away the rind and you move on with your life. Yeah, I I don't remember every peach I've eaten. (laughs) Oh, well, that was beautiful, what you just said. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Excuse me, princess. That's one. That's Princess Peach. It's a a peach. I don't know how I got to there with that one. Sorry. It worked, though. It was good. You should have just committed to it. Okay. Yeah, I shouldn't have. Do you want to do another take where you just commit to it? Yeah, let's do do another. uh, I don't remember every peach I've eaten. Well, excuse me, princess. There we go. As for keep all of that in. I got even more confused the second time I did it. You didn't say Princess Peach. <laughs> oh, you're right. I didn't say Princess Peach. That's the problem. <laughs> Jesus Lord. All right. This is a juicy disaster. Right here. We, we got it. Uh, I don't know how juicy it is, but there's always tier discussions, like um, fighting game rankings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like any, whatever character that's currently beating you and you aren't good at defeating that character is S tier. And whatever character you're currently using is somewhere near the bottom or the middle because you're you're always at a disadvantage and it's not your fault. And there have been some really good dramas about that. I can't remember any specifically, but those are those are always fun to watch play out when when someone is just like, uh, you've got cheat hacks on because you <laughs> because you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember around the time of like Super Smash Brothers Brawl. There were characters who were just banned from tournaments and people got really upset about that because like they're in the game. Why can't you use them? Yeah. God, there. Did you did you see this Smash Brothers thing that went around? And, you know, this is almost a uh, it's not exactly juicy gossip, but it's kind of a it's a juicy own. That's for sure. Where uh, someone was playing Minecraft Steve Steve and knocks the the other character out. It's one of the animes, I think, um, knocks <laughs> them off the the playing field and then places a bomb where they're going to have to come back up and then has time to build the letter F out of blocks <laughs> and, then, and then come back and and they're automatically killed because of the bomb that they that they set there. And it, it was just like whoever tweeted it was like, if this happened to me, I would uh, I, I would just quit playing yeah. forever. <laughs> oh, man. Do we not remember being on message boards at all? 
You know, I wish Christian Nutt were here. Um, yeah. Friend of the show, Christian Nutt. He remembers so many of these old, minute, weird little dramas. Well, then maybe I'll ask this again when we have him back on the show. Yeah, he can't <laughs> come on the show. But if he if he could come on the show, it would be great. You know, maybe I can ask him for some juicy stories. I'll, I'll Let, put him in the Let's not Patreon. be pessimistic. Maybe he'll be fired and then we can get him on the show. <laughs> yeah, that could be good. Yeah, that would be great for us. <laughs> be good for All us. right. Uh, what songs not specifically written for video games do you most closely associate with video games? Mad World, obviously. Of course, <laughs> Mad World. <laughs> All around me are familiar faces. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's a great question. What I don't have one in particular, but like there was one year at E3, I think it was 2018, where Every, every game trailer had a trailer core version with like a woman and, yeah. uh, and playing an acoustic guitar and it was some cover of some pop song. They're still doing and it. I just remember it, it. They are. They are to a certain extent. But this year it was just like every single one. It was like and it 2006, was... 2007, somewhere in there, I feel. No, it was. This was recently. This was like oh, 20, 2018, maybe 2019. Oh, I think wow. it was 2018. Okay. Oof, I just Goodness. remember that, but I can't remember a single one of the songs. This is a good question. Thank you. You know, most guests don't compliment my questions. I really appreciate <laughs> that. <laughs> They're thoughtful. I like them. <laughs> Thank you. What is the Lilith Fair of video games? Was that it? It might have been it. Interesting. I don't remember Jaffe. hearing any Katie Lang, but maybe. Jaffe, can I get the exact wording of the question? Again? All right. The exact <laughs> wording of the question. What songs not specifically written for video games do you most closely associate with video games? I mean, The Offspring, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the one that I have is, is similar to that in that it was written and then used in a video game, but uh, which is just the traditional song Green Sleeves is just the King's Quest mm. theme song to me. Mm. If anyone played the old King's Quest yeah. games, that's just what, what your PC speaker just launches into you. There's, there's no other context for me. Green Sleeves is the King's Quest theme song. I don't think I would make that connection, but um, I guess that's that's in in your world. Green Sleeves is that's what it's all about. I mean, I I, I, w I think of like even though it's the wrong country, I think of stuff like Braveheart when I hear Green. <laughs> Matthew Kumar would murder me if he heard that. Oh yeah, he he would. He doesn't like Scotland and Ireland getting confused. <laughs> I, I don't think anyone from Scotland likes Scotland and Ireland getting. Confused. Probably the Irish don't like. Yeah, that's either. fair. Yeah. Ah, uh, the Irish have their own problem. I'm. Definitely one of those people. I know this is a controversial opinion. I, I you know, it. I just got to air it out here on this podcast. Go for I, it. I love the Fallout music. <laughs> yeah, I like the Fallout music. Sure. Okay, good. I mean, I love all of it. I love Johnny Guitar, sure. which is arguably one of the most hated songs from the, from Fallout 3. I love them all. Th that reminds me of the old Set the World on Fire uh, Bioshock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, set the world no, on fire. No, that was all Fallout. Also Fallout. Yeah, no. that was, oh, was also Fallout. Fallout. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, Bioshock had its own ink spot Bioshock had, songs. Um, didn't they do uh, what was it? Beyond the Sea. Yeah, that was their intro. Uh, yeah, yeah that awesome. another great cut. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything I know about metal comes from Brutal Legend. Mm. Uh, <laughs> not true of me, but I not true that. of you. So has anyone uh, tried to just listen to like the Ink Spots catalog besides me? 
Oh, uh, no, I yeah, love it. and every song falls into that same format. Like, oh, honey, yeah. Yeah. you know when I say I love you, <laughs> that I'll always be true. And then it goes, and I say I love you, I'll always be true. Yeah, a guy sings it, and then the guy comes and, and then the like, guy says it. it. Yeah, but he, but he it. says it in a slightly different way, <laughs> and then the singing comes back. Yeah. It's, a good and it's every one of their songs is that exact yeah. same format. It's amazing. Yeah, and, uh, and they all. I'll start with because they're cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Highly <laughs> recommended, folks. That's, uh, yeah. We're skipping right to the recommendations, even though it's not the end of the show. Go check out the entire Ink Spots catalog. <laughs> Absolutely. Beatles rock band, obviously. Um, uh, yeah, yes. Sure, when when yeah, I hear a Beatles yeah. song, I immediately think of Beatles rock band. I, I think of Beatles yeah. rock band every time. Well, so. I think of like Green Day rock band, yeah. Yeah, so. I love the the rap song that plays over the credits for God of War. I love that yeah. they got they got Will Smith for that. That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, but like speaking of Guitar Hero and Rock Band, I think uh, that one Dragon Force song that yeah. wasn't oh. written. Yeah, pe- people like, oh, that's the Guitar Hero song. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. But Dragon Force was named after a video game, so really, video mm. games created them. Yeah, that's all that's a good point. It's a very good point. That's not a stupid point at all. <laughs> wow. Uh, We're getting catty in here. This is the juicy drama. Is yeah, it's happening right here in front of us. Had to create it. You can't remember the juicy drama. You got to make your own. Exactly. Here's, here's a question based on something terrible that I, uh, re- I, I recently decided to watch uh, Star Trek Enter- Enterprise. Yeah. You were out of space, shows. and then I undecided to watch it because I don't like it. But uh, it's that theme it's, song. It's a theme song. The friggin' they did a cover of a Rod Stewart song from a Patch <laughs> Adams movie <laughs> to be the theme song of Star Trek Enterprise, and it sounds like if a truck were running for Republican governor is is what. <laughs> That it really does. Sounds like here in America, we do things the old-fashioned way. That's what should have been going yeah. on. Our planet is built for tough. <laughs> That's right. How do you make failure in video games fun? Well, I always liked in Prey how you 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 died and then you went into the spirit world and you had to fight your way back. It wasn't the most fun, but it definitely. It made me think about the possibilities of what could happen with video game death that could be more interesting than just you you died and you failed. So I like that one. Hmm. I also especially like the Grow series of games like Grow RPG, Grow Castle. And um, they, they were originally Flash games. So I think you can get some of them on iOS or whatever. And those games are all about essentially picking the correct sequence of events. You've got nine things that you can place on this castle or world or whatever and each of those things like has a little growing animation or evolves something or does something in a certain way so even when you fail to put it together the right way something interesting happens every time you're always rewarded with a cute little animation and sometimes it's unexpected and even though you didn't succeed and get the right answer you got to look at something pleasing and and interesting so i've i've always held that one up as a as a gold standard where like you you're you're almost rewarded for failure because you hmm. you get to see some content that you wouldn't see if you won the dragon's lair principle <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> i was thinking of the arkham games where uh you you get to see a little mm. a little cutscene uh of a villain dunking on you when you die and that always felt kind of rewarding in a way <laughs> I feel like that's kind of a growth out of like the Street Fighter quotes, like when you lose to a guy. 
That yeah. is absolutely where that came from. Yeah, I love Go that. Go home and be a family man. Um, I want to build a little bit off of what Brandon said. This is, is like Prey. It's not a great example. It's just one that makes me think of that there could be a great example one day. A game on the original Nintendo called Nightshade. And it's a game about being a superhero, but having to like balance people liking you. Um, as well as, you know, fighting crime and stuff. So you're, so you're kind of upping your your popularity in the polls or whatever. And it, a lot of interesting ideas in this game. And, it, and it's part action and it's part almost like point and click adventure as well. And when you die, you are put in an elaborate like Batman trap, like from the 60s show by the villain. And you can escape every time. Huh. But it's a little bit <laughs> difficult. And I, and I think that's kind of an interesting concept. But my actual answer is that I really like games you, where you die and instantly respawn and just have to be like kind of perfect at platforming. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for those. I like Celeste. And stuff. Yeah, so I, you're a celestial. I'm a celestial. Uh, so <laughs> I, I like playing as that girl Celeste in Celeste. Um, <laughs> On the mountain Celeste. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, I, I just I feel like it is rewarding to be just immediately given the opportunity to try again. I mean, that's like kind of all the reward I need if the game's any good. I mean, the elephant in the room that somebody has to mention is to create a really good, fun stinger for when you get a game over. Oh, yeah. I can't think of any games like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> struggling. Does, does anybody want to take <sighs> a run at uh, something they <sighs> think would be that? <laughs> <sighs> Like like a three second sting or something. Yeah, something, something like you lose fool. Yeah, something like that. Ah. The game has ended. Affirmative. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. Uh, interaction concluded. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Something something like that, but like punchier. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty good. That's solid. I was just listening to this is unrelated. Sorry, but I was just listening to the soundtrack from the Taito arcade game Dangerous Curves. One of the songs is called Red Car, and it just says, watch out, red car, watch out, red car. Over <laughs> That's and good. And I love it. It's just like, watch out for that red car. It's coming. Tells you exactly what you need to know. You, you need to know. Watch out for that red car. Yeah. And then later, there's a remix of it where it says, watch out for the big black car. So, you know, there's different mm-hmm. kinds of cars that you could watch out for. Watch out for. I guess the Bennett Foddy games, Quop. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Getting over it. Yeah, it's all about fun failure. It's interesting that, I mean, those focus on encouraging fr- or enabling frustration, I guess. Actually, that's not true. In in co-op, you do fail. But in, in a lot of these other ones, you don't, maybe not a lot of them, but in um, the climbing one, what is the climbing one called? GURP. No, no. Sorry. Getting the, over um, it. Getting over it. Getting yeah. over it. In getting over it, you just fall that back down to the bottom of the mountain, right? Like you don't, mm-hmm. you don't die. Right. So I think that's a particularly interesting one because like, is there failure? in that game because Hmm. it's not over. I mean, it's so difficult to get up that it like almost feels more punishing than death. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's like either entirely failure or not failure at all. I'm not, I'm not not sure which, maybe the only way way to win is to uh, leave your buddy there in in their pot with their sledgehammer. All right. This is the part where I ask, what is the blank of video games in the grand tradition of uh, the old citizen cane of video games, chestnut Uh, this week. I'd like to know, what is the Alfred Hitchcock psycho of video games? I was just watching this show called Crime Scene Kitchen, mm-hmm. where the contestants are supposed to figure out what um, what was cooked in a in a in a kitchen by looking at all the things that are strewn around, and then they have to try to recreate it. 
oh, that's not where I thought this was going. Yeah. <laughs> There's one team on there that is so Norman Bates and his mother. That it's 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 just wild. They're just that group of people, and it's it's so it's so spooky. And I had to I had to mention it just because it's been it's been on my mind while I'm watching that show. I'm like, oh, I don't know, these people are gonna murder somebody. I've seen Psycho. Someone give me some historical context as to why it's uh, important or what it did, you know, uniquely at the time. Well, I mean, it's got it's. I think it's well known for like the twist question mark ending. Okay. Yeah. And you know the shower scene. The shower, the shower scene, like, yeah, was very shocking at the time. Yeah, it... the implication of nudity. Right. Okay. Okay. I will say the original version of this question was, "What is the psycho shower scene of video games?" Oh. So we should. So maybe we should specifically think about that. Okay, so it's not quite the like you know in, in video game history, it's not the equivalent of like the train coming out the screen and no. people jumping. <laughs> That's earlier, right? It, yeah. I mean, Hitchcock Hitchcock formalized a lot of the things that we take for granted now about like tension and horror and drama in a lot of the visual language of things that we take for granted as kind of helping to create the cinematic language of like tension and thrillers and horror. So like a lot of the things that we take for granted in modern thrillers and horror movies are originated with like Hitchcock style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, like the ring, ring, ring that, that you yeah. hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's from there. Well, yeah, I know. Like I said, I've seen the movie. I okay. just needed the context. As, I, you know, I've only seen it as a movie. I haven't sure. Okay, so you should also know that it's in black and white. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if we don't go the direction of like uh, establishing the rules of cinema and stuff, uh, if we go on, on the shocking route, it could either be Mortal Kombat fatalities or, mm. or possibly hot coffee as well. The hot coffee mm. scandal. Oh, I like the Mortal Kombat fatalities one better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause the hot coffee the- thing, it's like, it's not actually in the game, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if someone pulled up, you know, footage that's not in psycho and uh, oh you know what the hot coffee of video games is it's like when uh they say oh you could see like a dead munchkin in the background of the wizard of oz Ooh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. all right <laughs> it's not a video the, game the word example. sex appears in the clouds in yeah the, exactly in the lion king L- like a secret uh sex uh, thing in a movie would be the equivalent of hot coffee my bid right now is mortal Kombat because it did yeah. it did cause a panic but it also revolutionized things to a degree where people were like whoa we could put blood in this or yeah and there was also the digitization thing that you know they weren't the first to do it but it certainly got a lot more popular after them i think it's a really good answer i don't know that i could beat that yeah it's straight up uh moral combat dunked it yeah good job okay which means we can go right on to the lightning round we are returning to one of my favorite games that we play on the show, uh, Pokedexperts. Th- this is the game where I show you the name and the picture of one of the 900 Pokemon that exist. And your job is to write a Pokedex entry for that creature. Uh, if you've never played a Pokemon game, basically it's kind of a fun nature fact about that Pokemon as it exists in the world. I always feel like... We don't do a great job at these, but then people like them. Yeah, that's that's our whole show. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> I mean, right. People really like Mad Libs, so exactly. they apply the nonsense we say to their actual perception of that Pokemon. And they're like, ah, yeah, it doesn't call its mother. That's true. Yeah. Uh, your first Pokemon is Rillaboom. Rillaboom, deciding whether to wear puka shells today. <laughs> 
Okay. It's funny you say that because he's called the drummer Pokemon. So Interesting. Yeah, I'm getting a real like sublime vibe off of this guy. <laughs> I think the real of booms uh, groom each other's foliage. That's good. That's Frank? Good. Well, we all have to come up with one. I thought. Yes, you do. Oh, man, I don't want to We do don't this. have to all come up with them. Yeah, come on. That's, all right, that's a new two one. of you have to come up with one, and Frank can go to sleep. He can take a nap. <laughs> Hippodon. Ooh, Hippodon. Oh, uh, Hippodon. Uh, leader of, of the hippopotamus crime family. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I, I, I had this bizarre phrase come into my mind that I, it terrifies me, but um, milked for sport. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Oh, right. for now I can see it. Note for it. Milk for sport. Are Just you? Look, look at the stuff pouring out of this hippodon. Yeah. Uh, milk for sport. Ditto. Ditto. I love ditto. Perfect Pokemon. Everybody loves ditto. Yeah. Oh, you're showing us the the. I forgot. <laughs> ditto. Uh, ditto is uh, your best friend. Yeah, that's just it. Yeah. Ditto's yeah. your best friend. Ditto knows when you're sad and helps you. Yeah. yeah. Don't get him into your bloodstream. Lapras. <laughs> that sly come hither stare. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Lapras, uh, just left the room with your partner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lapras has really bad acne on their back. That's pretty good. Oh, Lapras has back acne. Mimikyu. Mimikyu is my favorite Pokemon. <laughs> Mimikyu is just Ditto wearing a robe. Mimikyu is the Brandon Sheffield of Pokemon. That's right. <laughs> Mimikyu gets hit once and and, uh, and and it doesn't take damage. I mean, you can't beat that. The rules. Tyranitar. <laughs> Tyranitar can't scratch its back. <laughs> That's good. I, this is such an ugly Pokemon. It's hard for me to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your answer? <laughs> the top is removable, but no one knows what's inside. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, like that's, that. that's what a Pokedex entry is supposed to sound like. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right. Porygon 2. <laughs> is this a sequel to the original Porygon? It yes. sure is. Okay. It is. Porygon is a wind-up toy. Squeaks like a balloon if you rub it. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. Cinderace. Soccer hooligan. Yeah. Uh, Cinderace once spent the night in the drunk tank because it threw a trash can into the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Cinderace, all right. <laughs> Cinderace can't go anywhere without marching. That's the other thing I'm getting off this. It's, it's <laughs> Zapdos. Hmm. Zapdos is the second of the legendary birds. I mean, that's just accurate. Yeah, I nailed it. <laughs> Zapdos, the pain maker. <laughs> friend of mine in uh, elementary school caught a Zapdos and named it Douglas. And I thought that was the funniest thing I did. <laughs> oh, Zap Douglas. Yeah. yeah. Last, last night at the at the beach, we met a dog named Kevin. That's pretty good. Wow. Pretty good. Pretty uh, good. Speaking of dogs, uh, your last Pokemon is Zashian, a wolf <laughs> with a sword in its mouth. Zashian cannot speak and attack at the same time. Oh, Zashian has a pile of swords in its apartment that it really needs to organize, but it just hasn't gotten around to buying stands and shit for it. Oh, yeah, you brought I us like full it. circle back to the first <laughs> question. Uh, Zashian is the main character in its universe. <laughs> it's actually pronounced Zachian. Okay. That's not, that's not Z- true. Z- Zashian coming soon to Smash Bros. is what it looks like to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Going to be the next one for sure. Uh, yeah, that's our lightning round. And uh, Jenna, you're our winner. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, great. I'm going to get into your DMs at some point this week to remind you you have to write a question. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm going to think of a good one, maybe. 
Okay. <laughs> we'll take a bad one. This is the point where we uh, drop off our recommendations for our listeners to uh, engage with between this episode and the next. Ink spots, baby. Ink spots. <laughs> baby. <laughs> Would I drop off a recommendation for the ink spots? Would I drop a recommendation? Honey, child, you know you got to listen to the ink spots. <laughs> when I recommend. <laughs> I feel like they keep that high voice guy in a little box. He's, he's, he always sounds so narrow. Yeah. Yeah. A little box full of helium. Exactly. Uh, well, I got to recommend Inscription, uh, which I just finished playing uh, on stream, and it was incredible. It was so good. A rare video game recommendation. I had one last week. Come on. Come on. What was good about it? I don't even know what it is. <laughs> oh, it's called, so it's called Inscription by basically a one-man studio. We love those. Yeah, and it's incredible. It's a it's kind of a hybrid card game slash escape room, um, it's kind of spooky horror game, and it has some some really interesting meta elements. And it's just it's just really and really incredibly done. And I highly recommend it. Cool. Well, I'm into it. Um, I recommend if you're moving house or office. I'm doing both very very intelligently. I recommend uh, file boxes. Just yeah, big oh. stacks of of the exact same size box. You can't fill them up so much that they're too heavy to carry. File boxes. Think about it. I'm looking at literally about 120 of them in the office right now. Frank, do you need any more? No, no. I'm looking at about 120 of them, Brandon. No, I'm, I'm just saying. If you need some more, <laughs> mine. I got about 20. Do you want now. some of mine? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. I'm not moving any more times. I recommend you take our file boxes, please. <laughs> I will recommend another moving related thing, which is that, Frank, this is not a dig at you, by the way. This is just because I've concluded this process. Uh, if you are going to move and you live in a rent controlled apartment, I recommend that you try to get a buyout from your landlord. Hmm. As long as you don't have to move, but you think you will move and you have the option of it and you have the time, try to get a buyout from your landlord so that then you can get some money because they're going to get more rich after you leave because they're going to triple the rent. So you might as well get something as part of the bargain. If you're living in a rent-controlled apartment and thinking of moving, check out a buyout. The end. Some good advice. I've got a recommendation for you. Oh. I would like to recommend that if you're listening to this show on any platform where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, that you do the dang thing. I read them and they cheer me up and they brighten my day. And they're also good for exposing the podcast to more people who might want to listen to it. You can also go to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics, get our regular episodes one day early. One day early? One day early! <laughs> and even access monthly bonus episodes and other exclusive content. You can also join us on forums.insertcredit.com, where a lot of interesting, no-drama discussions are happening right now. And follow us on Twitter for our own personal updates and projects. The show is at Insert Credit. I'm at Alex Jaffe. Frank is at Frank Zafaldi. Brandon is at Necrosofty. And Jenna is at The Jenna. This show is edited by Esper Quinn, <laughs> with music by Kurt Feldman. Once more, I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And I'm Jenna Stever. And you have now completed the episode. Congratulations.
right. Game Jeff- over, yeah! <laughs> The, the way that you said your, your outro this time t- uh, made me remember this joke that I was pretty sure I probably wasn't the first person to come up with it, but um, it was still funny to me when it entered my brain. Uh, what what a, the, <laughs> I, like, I'm not sure if I made it up, but I feel like I made it up and other people also made it up. Anyway, here's the joke. Uh, what do you call a YouTuber werewolf? Uh, like and subscribe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a like and subscribe. Yeah, I think yeah. I've made that joke on this show. Hmm. It's possible. Hmm. Well, 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 we'll have to go to the tapes on that one. We'll have to go to the tapes. Uh, Esper, why don't you go ahead and uh, quickly <laughs> listen to all 210 episodes of the show and find out who said it. First. Yeah, but listen no. to them on tape. Yeah, on, on tape. tape. Yeah. You gotta.